0: This is Haley Nauman, and you're listening to the Maybe Baby podcast.
1: Hey! Welcome
0: maybe back. All right. I'm really excited about the episode today, because we're going to be talking about marriage, having kids, that whole conversation, which on the one hand feels tired and on the other hand still feels unexplored, at least through the lenses I would like to explore it. I've mentioned here and there um, my skepticism about marriage and some of these decisions, and I've often heard back from people that they want me to write and talk more about this. So I was excited to bring someone on today to talk about it, and that person is Leslie Price. I thought of Leslie because she's, well, first of all, Leslie's a former editor of mine and friend. I'm going to tell you a little bit about like who she is in a second, but the reason I knew she'd be the perfect guest for this is because she is married and has a kid, but she has a very dry, deadpan sense of life and decisions, and she's not she's not a very romantic person and i've always really appreciated that about her um she was always cracking us up at Mandarpeller with her just like unwillingness to get swept up in the things the rest of us were getting swept up in and i texted her the other day and i was like is marriage necessary and she just immediately replied no (laughs) just one word And that's why I love Leslie. So Leslie is, like I said, she was the editorial director at Man Repeller. um, But before that, she was the editor in chief of Racked. She worked at Lucky Magazine. Um, She has like a a deep media background, like worked at Time and um, Curbed and Time Out. And she went on to be the director at InStyle. Now she is a co-founder of a new newsletter and media company called Gloria, which is about women embarking on midlife um leslie is 40 years old so i'm really excited about this new project of hers and i feel like it just emphasized why she'd be the perfect guest for this because she's talking a lot about these decisions looking back on them and i was really excited to just dig into them with her talk more about how she feels i feel culture at large etc so let's get started wait so you're recording yes okay perfect um, well, thank you so much for coming on today. I'm like so excited to
1: even just see your face. I know it's it's been a long time. I think I had coffee with you right before the pandemic. I think you were the last person I had like a coffee with.
0: Wait, what <laughs> was that place we went to? I'm trying to remember. It was in
1: Gowanus, I don't remember. Yeah. It was like a it was really great. And I was like, this is great, and then like the the pandemic happened. <laughs> I know, we were both like, we both seemed so hopeful, you know, because mm-hmm. I was like about
0: to leave Vanderpally, right? Or, yes. Or, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. <sighs> this feels like a lifetime ago. I know. Um, okay, well, so I brought you on today. Yes. I invited you because I've been thinking a lot about, well, actually, our par- my and Avi's parents have been asking us about marriage here and there. Mm -hmm. and so we've just been, like, talking about it more and more. Yeah. And we've have a sort of a... We've just been talking, uh, like, about, you know, what is the point of marriage? Right. Why would we choose not to? Just, like, really unpacking all those choices because, as I've, like, maybe expressed on the podcast before, I'm not sure, but we are sort of leaning towards not getting married or, like, don't feel like it's... We're not positive it's right for us. Yeah. And I thought of you, and Mm -hmm. also I think that same... I don't know if that same competition exactly applies to having kids, but, like, in the same way, we're sort of, like, talking about, like, why you have kids or why would you not not and things like that. Um, Yeah. We're not feeling, like, super pressured on either of these fronts, but, like, it's just interesting to explore and think about. And I think of you as someone who you're married. Yes. You have a kid. Yes. But I remember um, (laughs) when you first had a kid, I just remember – you're, you're kind of a rare person who I think is like really blunt about like the upsides and the downsides and I remember you just telling me like don't have a kid <laughs>
1: <laughs> and like and like I <laughs> yes I feel like no one says that and everybody's like yeah do it you know what I mean so yeah on one hand I feel like I need to counter program um, I think it's that's a really hard topic for <laughs> women to talk about but I like being I've always liked being kind of that person in the office who's like the older person and you know I think it's always been really great to talk to younger people about like their decisions and what they're doing and I think that it's great to question the norm and you're always really thoughtful about your choices and I think a lot of choices I made a lot of choices that were things I I didn't I never put as much thought into things as you you do and you really do think about things for a long time and think about the upsides and downsides, I think there's a lot of value in that. And I think younger generations are definitely thinking about a lot of the choices that were presented to them as like, this is the thing you have to do to become an adult. And maybe they don't want to do it or they want to do it a different way. And that's really great. You know, when I got, I had, you know, what's funny is when you asked me to talk about marriage on the podcast, I was like, I have to do some research, but it was more like, I have to write down my timeline because if I misrepresented, I'm going to be embarrassed. Cause like, <laughs> I can't really remember. Um, <laughs> but I, we met when I was, we were 28 Okay, and then, you know, we dated for a long time. And like the idea of getting married, I honestly don't remember a moment. Like we were talking about this last night. And I was like, I remember moments when we were talking about kids, but I don't remember the moment when we were talking about getting married. But, you know, I guess as a, like in terms of the general population, I got married later. I was 32 when we got married. And then I had Frankie when I was- Did he propose? Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Which is hilarious (laughs) because- Wait, tell the story. (laughs) It was hilarious because we were in Berlin- Um, Uh on a trip in the winter because my friend was getting married and she lived in Hamburg. So we were doing like a trip and we went to Berlin first and then we were going to go to Hamburg for the wedding. And I guess he was acting super weird the whole time, like just weird. And I was like, can we just have fun? Like, what, why are you acting so weird? And like he had one hand in his pocket, like always, and he was like, "Did you suspect?" No, and I didn't suspect suspect because I didn't suspect because it's not a. I really like Berlin. I don't want to offend anyone, but it's not like the city you think of when you think about like romance. And (laughs) it was the day we were supposed to go to the Holocaust Museum, and oh, and he's Jewish, right? And so it's like such a weird thing. And the thing about Berlin is like. And Germany in general is like, there's a lot of history that's like very out in the open. Like they're very, they acknowledge, you know, the the Holocaust, like it's in your face and that's good because you see it, but it's not like a sexy, it's not like Paris. I've never been (laughs) to Paris, but like you understand like the stereotype of people getting engaged in these places that are seen as romantic, right? Yeah. So like, I didn't expect it. No. And it was like raining. It was raining. And we were at the, I think the Brandenburg Gate. Um, which was the most romantic okay. place he had, I guess he had been spending a lot of time Googling romantic places in Berlin and couldn't find anything. <laughs> and it was raining and he did it there, but then he wouldn't let me wear the ring because he was worried about someone stealing it. Like he, there's a lot of anxiety in, <laughs> on his side of the family. Um, and then I was like, Wait, were
0: you, how'd you feel when he
1: proposed? Well, it was weird because he grabbed my arm in like this way where he looked like he was about to panic. And I was like, is everything okay? Like I was worried that something bad was about to happen. And then he was just like talking so much. And I was like, what are you doing? Like, what is happening? (laughs) It was hilarious. But you know, obviously I was like, yes, because you know, we've been dating for a long time. And like, it was like, we were, we already felt like partners, you know? Right. But I just didn't understand. I think he was, they're so nervous. Like the nerves were so high, and then I was like, "Are we still doing the Holocaust Museum today?" And he was like, "No, like let's do it tomorrow." So we like went out and had dinner, but um, but I didn't expect it. Although I I guess in general I kind of expected it, and we had talked about it, so it wasn't like it wasn't like a thing he went out and did without us having a conversation about it. But right, right. I didn't expect it then. Like that was that setting was a surprise to me. Like a drizzly, cold day in Berlin in the winter (laughs) was a surprise, but, um, Oh, Andy. I know. And, and, um, you know, I think that, that kind of decision, the decision to get married, wasn't a hard one for me. I think the decision having a kid was the hard one, you know, you can get married and then decide you don't want to be married anymore, but you can't really decide you don't want to have a kid anymore. Once you have a kid (laughs) and you, it's like the one decision that's permanent, like, there's another person in the world that, and you made that choice, right? So, so I I didn't even, I thought a lot about the decision to have a kid, but the marriage decision, I didn't think about as much, but it was more like we already were best friends and we were partners. And honestly, our relationship did not change materially before, like, but after we were married, you know,
0: yeah, let's talk. Let's talk about marriage. I want to talk to you about having a kid for sure, but let's talk about marriage first because I texted you yesterday. Yes, <laughs> and I said, "Is marriage necessary?" And you immediately texted back, "No." <laughs> yes, and um, which made me laugh because right. of course I knew. I think I knew you were going to say that, but I think like in terms of the marriage conversation, there's like really popular arguments for and against. Yes, and I think that sometimes. Um, there's, like, two angles that I feel, like, are maybe slightly, like, under-probed, mm-hmm. let's say. Um, the first is that we, like, often view marriage as, like, just an individual myopic choice. It's like, do I want to get married? Or It's like, or I want to get married. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't as often, like, think about it through, um, think about it as, like, a participation in a tradition that, like, ultimately shapes society and policy and stuff like that. Yeah. Which I think defangs... Some of the arguments for and some of the arguments against, I think it just sort of like reframes it, yes. which I think is like an interesting angle. And then the other is that like, I think sometimes the people for and against marriage, there's some like bad faith arguing where I feel like some people are like maybe purposely misunderstanding each other. Yeah. And um, I think some of the arguments for getting married makes sense. Like I, as someone who's like more on the kind of might not, or maybe more on the skeptical side, Yeah. I've tried to sort of... I tried to sort of engage with the arguments for it in, like, good faith, which is, like... Right. Some people, I think, do feel... Well, here, th- this is some of the reasons I wrote down, actually, that I thought okay, of people. Okay, great. Uh, for pros. Yeah. So I think there's, like, softer, softer reasons. Like, it's the ultimate commitment. Um, you kind of feel like a family unit. You, your, relationships, your relationship gets more respect from others. You get to throw a big, fun party that, like, celebrates your relationship. Um, there's this sense of, like, security and there's participation in a tradition. And I also think a lot of people, a lot of us are conditioned, we grew up wanting it and therefore we just have this feeling that we just want to, like we want it. And that's just kind of, that feels like enough for some people. And then there's like the more hard things like taxes, immigration, in the hospital, you get to like your your legally family, like, you know, it's expensive to leave, which is like another version of security. Um, and then I would say on the other side, the cons, it's, it's really expensive. Obviously it's like an exploitive capitalist enterprise. that has been sold to us by mostly like corporations who stand to profit off of it. It has like really sexist roots. Um, it infringes on like your freedom and your independence. Um, some people prefer that their relationship is a choice and that there's not like you're not locked in, but like maybe they think that's beautiful because you're choosing to be the person or like, personally, I feel like centering society around like the nuclear family is maybe not the best way to organize society. It leaves a lot of people out It the policy. I think some of the, a lot of the policies are unfair. And I feel like obviously a lot of people have been left out of the institution. And I think it encourages this, the idea of like, you are now a unit and now like you care for each other and you take care of each other and there's less of an emphasis on like community and like the kind of outside marriage bonds that was just
1: I just threw I didn't think I was going to throw all of that out at once but I did yeah I think (laughs) you know the thing that was interesting to me and I think the thing that I don't think I thought about it beforehand but I definitely thought about it during like the wedding planning which obviously like a wedding is different than a marriage. Like, you don't have to have a wedding if you get married. Like, right. marriage is legal, right? And it, it confers on you certain privileges in our society based on, like, the way it's set up. And I think that when we were talking about the wedding, um, I had a lot of different fears about, you know, a lot of the stereotypical things that that people do in weddings. And I I think... um you know, we walked out together. Like my dad didn't walk me out or I didn't walk out alone. Like Annie and I walked out together holding hands. And it was like, it wasn't really to make a statement. It was more like, I would be scared to go out by myself in front of a huge crowd of people. You know what I mean? Like I want him next to me, but you know, there was a lot of stuff. And I've, I've told you this. I never thought I was going to get married and I never thought I was going to have a kid. Like that was, I can't tell you why I never thought that. I just never pictured it in my life. Um, But I think a lot of the things I thought about marriage and like the institution of marriage really were kind of white Christian patriarchal marriage, right? Which is still kind of what is venerated. And when you talk about people being left out, like, You know, there were a lot of people who were kind of historically left out and who fought to be let in, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that was interesting for me because as someone who was raised with one flavor of feminism, which was white feminism, you know, there's a lot of like questioning some of this stuff. Right. Um, But then I remember reading about um, like reading about people who wanted into marriage, you know, and what marriage signified and it like basically it signified you know your humanity and your value and that it was really um like I had the privilege of being like I don't want this thing and other people really want it right <laughs> you know
0: right right and
1: right. that it's still not a thing that everyone really has access to even though you know we've passed a lot of legislation that like there are certain people like you know disabled people who can can't get married because they might lose some of their benefits, you know, on social security or whatever. There are people who have historically been marginalized and haven't been given access to marriage and people who still are. So that was something I I didn't really think about a lot of that stuff before I got married and I just thought that was like an interesting perspective mm-hmm. and as someone who doesn't have to work hard to be seen as you know fitting into society in a normal way and like my choices have been rewarded right i think that's also tricky when you're a white woman and you're you know heterosexual and cis and you make these choices and they're rewarded right like and then you're like well i don't want to just be another white heterosexual cis woman who's married and who lives this life and is rewarded for all of her choices because that's what society wants us to do. It's just a tricky situation. But, you know, I think a lot of the things you said are valid reasons to not get married. Like, you can have security in a relationship without getting married, right? And I think getting married, because it's harder to get out of the relationship is probably not a great reason to get married, right? <laughs> and yeah. and when you get older and you've gone through the phase where everybody got married for like two years and you just went to weddings every weekend and then people start getting divorced and you realize how horrible getting divorced is. And so I don't think that getting married for the security is like maybe the best reason to get married. I think the thing, and again, like. These are things I didn't think about before, but it does confer on you a set of innate kind of privileges in our society, right? And, you know, when I was younger, I wasn't really thinking about if he has a problem and we're married, I'm not gonna have to worry about whether or not they're gonna let me into the hospital room or whatever it is. Like, I didn't think about that, but when you start getting older and people do start having health problems, you start thinking about some of this stuff. And then when you have a kid, like, you definitely start thinking about some of this stuff. I don't think you have to be married to have a lot of these rights. Like, you can get these rights. Um, but I th- you'd have to go about doing that work, right? And when you get married, it's like you go into a weird kind of governmental office and you do paperwork. And then they just give you all of these things, right? Like, yeah, um, you know, I think there are other ways to get a lot of those benefits, but it would just be on you to seek them out and do them. And in one fell swoop, you can just get all of them, which is like kind of amazing. And I don't even know the full extent of it because like I'm not a lawyer and I haven't run into a lot of this stuff yet. I mean, I think the other thing that, is, has been helpful for me is just been health insurance. Yeah, that's a big one. It's a big one. And it's not the reason, again, it's not the reason why we got married, but it's a huge benefit. Like that's a crazy benefit that because we are married and I know again, you don't have to necessarily be married. It depends on where you live, I think. But it's another thing that's just so amazing that you just get that, you know? And especially yeah. in like our industry where the employment is so... Tenuous, you know, it's like that is such amazing thing to get.
0: Yeah. Which you can get through a domestic partnership, but it's not as it's not as big of a benefit.
1: Right. So again, it's just like that kind of stuff. Like that wasn't the reason why we made that choice. But I know a lot of people who make the choice because of insurance. I mean, it goes back to like we live in a society. Is this the best thing for our society? No. Um, but if you really right, need insurance, right. you know, you might have to make that choice. But anyway, that's not why I made the choice. But I do take advantage of that benefit. I mean, I'm, I've right. been because I haven't been working, which has been a whole other thing.
0: Right. It's like, it's one of those classic questions of like working within the system. Yes. Or critiquing it from the outside. Yes. And it's like, I wouldn't blame anybody for wanting these benefits when they've been yes. taken away from them or not given to them. Like that makes complete sense to me. Yes. The question is like, is the goal that everybody's able to do that? Or is the goal for like these benefits to not be like gatekept according to like your relationship status, which feels right. like a weird thing for the government to be so involved in. It is. Um, but I mean, to, to your point about like security to maybe try to understand people who think of marriage as security the way i've heard it explained actually you know what i'm thinking of which is kind of ironic cuz Ira glass is now divorced mm. but i remember he had this mm-hmm. like little monologue that went around do you remember this no where he talked about how like he felt like the fact it, it's a, it's the it's the commitment right it's like the we are we have made the ultimate commitment to each other and this means like i think security in that sense means like we have agreed that like we are in this and that like no matter Um, We have agreed in front of our family, like in front of the state, which is Mm -hmm. just a weird thing to do. (laughs) But um, And therefore, like even when things are absolutely awful, like we are not leaving. I think that's what people find appealing security wise is like um, less about like I've trapped you and more about like we've we've made like the biggest leap together. Like do I think I don't personally The, the counter to that, which I think like we hear a lot about like the benefits of marriage. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't think we hear as much about the benefits of choosing to have a relationship that's not consummated with marriage. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, (laughs) do people say consummated (laughs) in marriage? No, I mean, (laughs) no, we don't hear about that, that side, which is like, what does it mean to have a relationship that is committed and secure by choice and like through your own way of expressing those things? What does it mean to, like, commit to your other relationships and take them just as seriously and not feel like you're placing your romantic relationship on such a pedestal and sort of, like, closing you off into this family unit? Like, what might it mean to have to think of your community as, like, more expansive and connective and not so bifurcated across, like, romantic versus platonic levels? Like, I think that there's, like... I understand the draw of marriage from the way that people explain it, but I want to hear more about, like... I think we should have more, a more of a narrative around the benefits of the alternative.
1: Yeah, and I think that the more people who can explore alternative lives, the more that even, you know, that people even younger than you can see that there are options for them. And, yeah. you know, my parents are still married. They've been married for a long time. Andy's parents are still married. Um, I think there is a level of security but I don't think that our relationship would be different if we had not gotten married. I don't think the, the thing that really changes your relationship is a kid, but I will tell you that it does not, you don't, snap your fingers and you're married and your relationship feels different. Like at least not to Some me.
0: people think it does. I think, Some people don't like our friend Nadia was like, it's literally the same. Like we had a big party and like now we're back to
1: the same, like it's right, just right. the same. I mean, I, and again, like I don't want to conflate marriage and weddings cause they're very, they're in some ways al- like aligned, but totally in separate. a lot of ways separate. But I will say as someone who's an introvert, I was nervous again about being like the center of attention. Like that was something I was scared about, but it was actually amazing to have everyone we cared about be together for a positive celebration, you know? Mm -hmm. And that was something that I didn't expect to actually enjoy it just as much as I did because that is so not my speed. Mm -hmm. Um, But I did really like it and I, you know, you, again, like you don't have to be—you don't have to get married to have like a party with your friends and family. Like you don't. Yeah.
0: Why don't you do it for birthdays or right.
1: anniversaries? We've yes. been together
0: for ten years. We're gonna throw a huge party, and we're all gonna give speeches about how much we love our relationship. Right.
1: And I think, look, <laughs> I think that there's a lot of room to create new narratives and new mm-hmm. ways of expression, expressing things and and thinking about it and saying maybe this isn't the fit for me. And I do think that that's really valuable, you know? I I really, again, like one of the things that's really amazing about getting older is that you see things changing and it's incredible, you know? It's incredible to watch. And I'm not saying, like again, like I'm not saying I grew up thinking this is my only path. Like I really didn't. But I guess the question I, like, And it wasn't even a question, but it was like, why wouldn't we? You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, you know, it was like, I really love this person. Like, he's actually really great. Like, I am so incredibly lucky that I found a person who is so great and complements my, you know, strengths and my weaknesses. Like, I definitely felt... And I still feel like that's a, really lucky to have that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so for us, it wasn't, I, and again, like I wasn't, I wasn't really thinking about it that closely, but I guess it would be like, why not, you know, um, versus having a kid where there's like, you kind of know the pluses and minuses, <laughs> you know, like people talk about <laughs> yeah. it, you know? So, yeah. Um, but yeah, for getting married, it's like, why not? I mean, if you, if you really like the person, cause you're like, this, this feels right. And for us, it does work, you know, but I don't think about it a lot unless I have to fill out like a form or like one of those things where it's like, if you get hurt, like who's your emergency contact and what's their relationship. And then I have to put it down. Um, I don't think about it on like a day to day basis, you know? Right. Right. And I didn't do, uh, people can make it their own, you know? So I didn't change my last name and we didn't combine all all of our finances are not combined. Like we have our own accounts. And I don't know if that's because I got married later or what, Um, but I just never like felt the need to do any of those things, but a lot of people do. Um, So it's also not, it doesn't look the same for everyone, you know? but yeah i don't think I don't think you have to be married to have security
0: no, I mean, that was when I was really like impressed and surprised when my mom asked me about it, or I think she only asked me about it because I had mentioned it somewhere she she's not really like the hounding type, but she Asked me and I had sort of expressed, I mean, and I I still maintain that Avi might Avi and I might just like get married one day. Like we might just be like, actually, let's do it, it sounds fun, (laughs) or we have these reasons. I don't feel like a strong feeling. I just I currently don't have a strong feeling of why we would. And I think it's interesting to not. That's kind of my current position. But anyway, my mom was kind of like, I expressed that to her, and she was sort of like, you know, one of the reasons that I like marriage or like what am a proponent of it is that it makes you really committed and thoughtful about the relationship. Like you take it really seriously. And I actually think that you already do that. And I think that you are already like a thoughtful person. So like, I'm just not worried about it. Like it doesn't, it doesn't make me worried. Whereas like, you know, if I was sort of, I think there are other people maybe who are saying like, fuck marriage. Cause they like, don't want to commit or they don't, I don't know, yes. which Find reasons too, but like that's I think that would have made my mom more concerned that I like was never going to put time and care into a relationship that she thinks would bring me some sort of happiness, but like in general, or stability in general it's like it, it I think the emphasis on it in our culture has mm-hmm. like left a lot of people out it's like people are like it's so nice to have everyone you love around you to celebrate your life it's like well so if you're not in a relationship you just like don't get that yeah or like like you said i think we need to like think be more thoughtful about like creating new traditions yes um that like that invite more people into these people who like don't necessarily follow the convention conventional path or don't feel like they fit it or don't feel like it's for them yes you know
1: and having um empathy and space for people who choose different choices than you right yeah so you know I think marriage and having kids people feel very sensitive about these topics and they feel like if you make a different decision than them that you're somehow there's judgment there and yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it's so the idea of registering for your whole life, like a lot of these, you know, rituals that are associated with a wedding, um, is so was always so strange to me because I was an adult and we already lived together and we didn't need to register for our life, you know. So we <laughs> Did didn't no need a blender. <laughs> no, and and I didn't feel comfortable asking people to buy things for me. Um, I didn't feel like. Uh, you know, I, I, that's something about that felt weird. Um, I but, agree.
0: Like, I don't think I would want that if I were getting married,
1: but there's different phases of your life where you might need that, you know, you might actually need stuff. And maybe it's not when you get married, like maybe it's when you have a kid or maybe it's when you, if you are able to buy a house or apartment and you, and you move in whether or not you're partnered. And like, there's a lot of things there's a lot of occasions in your life where you might actually need things. It doesn't need to be tied to a wedding. And it Absolutely. And it's the same thing with celebrations. But yeah, like the choices around being married and getting married felt less fraught to me than kids. And I do think that kids can change the dynamic of your marriage. And it becomes a lot harder to be intentional about your relationship and what you want and who does what and not fall back into gender stereotypes that you don't want to embody like it's really hard and yeah you know socially we we haven't made the change to support people who have kids in our society so that decision is it feels harder especially as a person who would be having the kid <laughs> you know
0: <laughs> yeah So tell me about like your decision to
1: have a kid. Was it on purpose? So I was, again, like I felt not pro or con, but mostly ambivalent.
0: And Andy really wanted it.
1: Yes. Andy really wanted it. And I think being ambivalent is really hard. I would have loved to have felt really strongly either way because it would have made my life easier. And I think, I just didn't really know how to feel about it. Um, It's just such a huge thing to do in your life. Um, And I don't even think I could fully grasp what it really meant. And I, you know, it it definitely is just hugely life-changing. I mean, I think I've said this to you, and I don't want to fear monger, but it's like the person you were, Is dead and a new person emerges (laughs) and you forget what your old personality and your old life kind of was after a while. Um, But, you know, in saying that, I will say there's also a stereotype that like you'll somehow change when you have a kid and you'll have like some sort of new personality or be really mothering. And I also don't think that's necessarily true. I think, you know, you're not going to like, do a complete 180
0: um well those feel contradictory what's the what's the difference do you think
1: like so you don't change but you do so you change in that like everything you kind of associated with your prior life like a lot of that just has to go away like taking care of yourself um space time to think uh, time to relax um physically you change you know and I think there's, like, maybe this idea that you can get your body back, but that's kind of a flawed idea. Like, you're going through something that's pretty major physically. Um, And basically your life changes, your lifestyle changes. Uh, And you can try to really hold on to your previous lifestyle, but it's really hard. So, but the thing that I felt weird about was I think there was some idea that, like, Somehow, I would become like a very mothering type once a baby <laughs> arrived, which was so strange. Like, yeah, like the the mothering instinct just turns on, right? Which is such a weird thing. And I think, you know, there's been a lot, like a lot of um, people will talk about that, and it feels like a a real an out for um, men if you're in a heterosexual relationship with, and you're with a man and. There's some sort of idea that women are just inherently better at this, which is problematic. Um, and I don't think it's true. But, you know, that that definitely, I people would say that kind of thing to you. But having making the decision to have a kid was really tricky. And I have to say, I didn't know if it would happen for me because at the time, a lot of my friends were struggling to get pregnant. And I wasn't very old but i was 34 and you know everything i heard from people who were trying to have kids was they were having a lot of fertility issues and a lot of women talk about having fertility issues now and i think i just assumed that we would somehow have trouble having a kid i don't know why i guess yeah. cuz i never had a pregnancy scare i was like it's probably just like the Sahara in there and like you know nothing is going <laughs> to happen And then when that wasn't the case, I honestly was shocked. And it took me months to come to terms with it, to be honest. Like, I couldn't even say the word pregnant. Like, it was a really... That was a huge adjustment. I felt... Yeah, because
0: you don't really have the... You're not, like, the type... You don't seem like the type to me who would be, like, glowing and telling everyone you're pregnant.
1: I didn't want to tell anyone. I couldn't even say the word to myself. And I felt really alienated from my body. Yeah. Um, It... It... You become feminine in a really visible way, which felt uncomfortable for me. I like kind of being anonymous and you're not. Um, So I had a hard time with it. But I think part of what was hard for me was anytime I have hormonal, like major hormonal shifts, I I get depressed. Mm -hmm. And you have a lot of stuff going on hormonally when you're pregnant. Also, there's a lot of focus on your body. And that always feels a little bit unnerving, like you're the vessel. There's so much focus on you, they're measuring you, they're taking fluids from you every time you go into the doctor. Like there's just a lot of focus on your physicality and that was hard. And I think I still have a lot, like it's it's still really challenging to have a kid. I mean, obviously the past year has made it like really obvious how, hard it is um how old is Frankie though she's just turned five okay yeah I think um you know if you talk about like our society and having a community and being part of a community when you're married that's not necessarily a thing right like you're a unit and there was an Atlantic article that was about that it was like basically kind of what you were saying which is like you're cutting yourself off from society. And there's all these studies that like married people have less friendships or they invest less in their community and their families. When you have a kid, you need, need community. You need your family, you need help. Like you need it so desperately, Um, which is why the past year was really hard. But you know, she's in school now. um, And I'm still doing hours and hours and hours and hours of caregiving every week.
0: Yeah. Before you got pregnant, but you, aggr- like, but you were sort of like, yeah, okay, Andy, let's try. Yeah. What were your fears? I like, mean, what was on your con list right. for having kids? And like, how do you feel about those now?
1: Yeah, definitely career. Um, I think, again, as like a woman who was raised of a certain era, we, we were told that it was hard. You know, like, there was a lot of, there were a lot of, like, essays and blogging and, you know, reported features on what happens to women when they have kids and how they make less money and the discrimination, and there's a lot of that. So I was worried career-wise. And I have to say, again, I don't want to be the harbinger of, like, terrible news, but, like, a lot of that stuff did come true. And I think part of me, when that stuff happened to me, I was surprised, like, you know how could this happen? Um, I thought we were past this as a society and we're really not. So I'm not saying that those things, there are women who have not had those impacts on their life but I do think a lot of women do get impacted with, you know, career-wise. I was worried like for my mental health that I was really worried about that because, you know, the, the first part of it is so hard on you. It just, you know, you don't sleep you you feel a little bit isolated. And at the time we were living in Florida, I didn't have friends and family down there. So I was really worried about that. Um, I think physically I was like worried about my body. Um, I was worried about giving birth, obviously <laughs> so scary. Um, were you worried? Was there like a mourning your youth
0: period? Like I think a lot about like fun yes, and friendships and the kinds of things that you seem to really have to withdraw from once you have kids? That
1: level? Um, that morning happened, I would say, over a period after I had the kid. Mm. And I think, yeah, you worry about like your your happiness, you know? And I think you don't know what you've lost until you actually lose it, right? So the advice people give you, it's like impossible to follow like just sleep now or whatever. And it's like, <laughs> sleep now. you know what I mean?
0: Stupidest <laughs> advice. Um, yeah. I mean, we've seen that with the pandemic where it's like, yes, you realize how much, how much you you rely, like your sense of self and your sense yes. of stability relied on like all of these little moving parts that you didn't even realize. Yes. And I'm sure it's like that times a hundred with having kids. I and think it's
1: like, yes. And there's like, financial yeah. concerns. Like you're definitely worried about the financial aspect of it because it's so yeah. daunting and it's just tricky. And so there's a lot of things that I worried about. I think a lot of what I worried about was just the physical because it's it's such a journey into kind of like an unknown space, you know? Yeah. And it's a real roll of the dice. Like, we're probably gonna have a good outcome, but you just don't know. And it's such a crazy thing to do, you know? Um, and it's got to come out of you it's got to get out of you one oh, way or the other. You know what I mean, but like when you get really when you get really far along, you're like, this will end like I know it will end. It has to end being the pregnancy I don't know what that's gonna look like for me, and that's oh uncertainty God. is terrifying, right like it just is and like again, like I'm a person of privilege, I had medical service, I had great providers um, but I think any woman or any person who's giving birth like has those fears. Because it, it is really a situation where you you really aren't sure how it's going to go. You just don't know. Yeah, I mean, I was lucky. Yeah. I was fine. I don't want a fear monger. I could do a fear mongering just on that, but I won't. <laughs>
0: <laughs> do you remember... Wait, was this when we were working together? When like I did an as told to with a mother who was... Horrified by, like, her experience with pregnancy and and giving birth. It was probably me, yes. (laughs) No, it wasn't you, but it was... um, I feel like we worked together at this point, but I I interviewed her, and she was just really... I mean, I do think that she was also, like, maybe postpartum. Yes. Or, like, she was in a dark place, but she was... But I think she was being really honest about how horrible, like, a lot of the situation was, and this is somebody like you who had, like, a lot of privileges. And yes. so she was just like horrified at the idea of like having even less than she had. And it just made her really bullish. And like, <laughs> she just, she was, she she was just feeling like more feminist than she'd ever felt. And she was just like ranting and raving and people were really angry in the comments. Do
1: you remember this? Yes. I think it's really hard for women to even talk now about the complex feelings they have around kids. And I wrote about this recently because there was a around Mother's Day, one, like, a writer was tweeting about it, and it just was, like... I such, saw this. Yes, and, um... I saw it in your newsletter. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's, it's really hard because people have a tough time, cele- like, separating the idea that you might be living with a, a human, a fully, you know, fully, full-fledged human being, a person who has their own personality, their own taste, everything, And that you might feel intense love for them and want to protect them at all costs. And like almost like in this weird um, animalistic way that you need to do everything you can to do right by them. And then you can also feel um, disappointed and betrayed by the systems that perpetuate inequality and a lack of respect and support for people who are caregivers right like those are both really valid things and I think that and the latter
0: can feel like a form of regret right and I think the reason like I think the thing that you are talking about the article which is talking about how there's a big taboo around parental regret Mm -hmm. because it implies it, it like implies that maybe you wish your kid didn't exist which isn't true I think that like I think that you can ha- you can both love something a lot and also, like, not be happy. I mean, you can be in a relationship where you love the person and be depressed. Like, right. those two things can coexist, and I think the same can happen as a parent. Like, you can realize that, like, you gave up a lot and your life is, like, now not as good for you personally while also recognizing that, like, you love your kid and that yes. they brought you a kind of joy, like, a lot of joy in a different way. And I know? think
1: you can be surprised by the way that this happens to you like you think it won't happen to me and then it does like i remember being a young single person and seeing a person with kids and just being like well that i won't it won't happen to me like that you know like (laughs) they're just juggling a lot of stuff or they look tired or or their kid is screaming or whatever and you're like somehow i will have a different experience and then when you have the universal experience that is that you're like somehow surprised that you that you are having that experience that you thought you wouldn't have. I feel like it's the same thing with getting old and you're like, well, I won't be that person, you know? And then <laughs> like, you are, and then you just are. You are, you always and are. And you can't yeah, escape yeah. it. But like, I think, you know, the thing about having a kid, especially in our country and especially right now, is like, you are, you are walking a tough road, right? Like you just know it. I mean,
0: studies show that in America, People who don't have kids are, like, happier than people who do. But that's not because it's, like, inherently bad to have kids. It's because our system is just flatly not set up to support parents. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's there's a version of the world where, like, having a kid wouldn't be so intensely disruptive on every single level right. if, like, parents could maintain some of their independence because there was, like, a village, et cetera. I and think there was, like, support, yes. right? And
1: also socially, I think we we like to push the elderly and children into their own zones in our culture. And at least in our white Northeastern yeah. culture, you know, and I, I, I don't think that's true for every single culture, but like at least that's the experience I had. And I think that was probably a, a piece of why the pandemic was so incredibly disturbing was there was just an abandonment of all the people in our society who are incredibly vulnerable Um, but we don't really we we isolate those groups away from the general population and it's weird it's a weird thing to do and so it's not like it's not like when you have a kid you're like well I know this is going to be you know financially it's going to be really hard and you know, physically it's going to be tiring and whatever. But you also face a lot of derision, you know, there's not a lot of um, empathy or um, care <laughs> for people who are like kind of doing this. And I think it's really, that was a thing that was also, again, it's like, it's not like it's, it shouldn't be a surprise, Right. But I think that's why women don't really talk honestly because if you say if you really really speak your mind about all this stuff, the the reaction is so negative, right?
0: Right. It's about like the ideal mother. I mean, selfishness. Selfishness is thrown out on both sides. It's so like people who have kids are selfish because they like, you know, they they want to see their progeny, right? Like they want to have their little family perfect family unit right. and the people who don't have it are also selfish it's right. like the ultimate taboo which is, is weird selfish.
1: and then there was there's recently a freak out about the birth rate and i remember reading all of these stories and it was all these demographers and they would just be like why is this happening and i was like are there no demographers who have young children right now like are all of the people who could have been in that career, have they all been sidelined? So they're not the ones who are being quoted for the articles. Because if you have young children, you have a front row seat of why the birth rate is declining in this country. Yeah. But it it's finally getting easier, I will say, um, as a person with a kid. And... In what sense? I think in a lot of senses. I think... Um, We finally live somewhere where we have a little space. So for
0: you personally, it's getting easier?
1: Yes. I mean, I think at this point in the pandemic, it's also getting a little bit easier. Um, Her age. Her age is a little bit easier. You know, one of the things I didn't really think about again was, you know, you can't really, they can't be alone, you know, for a moment, really. So, you know, it's been five straight years of someone has to have an eye on them for years you know and without fail and it has to be someone you trust you know
0: i think it's really hard to grasp how overwhelming that is when you haven't experienced it there's
1: a lot of this stuff and it's like we were talking to a a couple who's um who does not have kids and they were like our pandemic experience hasn't been that bad and i was just like (laughs) I can't like communicate to you what it's been like because I, It sounds like the ravings of a of of a lunatic, um, and I don't. Again, like I really try to be conscious about not being a fearmonger, but it just is so impossible to convey. Um, I mean, the thing I I said to Andy is like, obviously, it's it's an incredible privilege to feel betrayed by your country at the age of forty instead of like the age of four, you know to live a long life and be rewarded for your choices for so long and be rewarded for, you know, just falling into an identity that you're rewarded for what you do and you fit in. And then at a certain age, you're like, wow, our government, our corporations have abandoned me. Um, And like, I don't, I'm surprised. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like a lot of people probably come to that realization much, much earlier. Um... Mm -hmm but I don't want it to, like, again, I don't want to be universally negative. And I think the thing that is hard, and if you're ambivalent about having kids, it's hard. Is like, there's all of these very factual reasons why having a kid is, um, is going to be hard for you. And then there's on the like plus side, it's like love, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> question mark, like I will I <laughs> this person will be someone I'll love. And, you know, I, I don't know if there's like a right or I don't know if there's like a right reason to have kids. I think the wrong reason is like very similar to like what you're talking about with marriage. It's like people will say to me, well, if I don't have kids, who will take care of me when I get old? Which is like the most bizarre thing to say because you're making like a huge assumption, you know? It's weird to like give birth to your caregiver. It's like- I just think that's such a weird... Yes. It's another weird thing, but people will say it. And and also it's a failure of society as well. Sorry. Yes. And I think yeah. I, I understand the fear of being alone when you're old. I don't necessarily think children solve for that. You know, I think that that's not the best reason. I never thought about it this way, but, you know, I think the past year has been interesting in making me think about the fact that like in our society, given the amount that caregivers are on their own, that there's not a lot of support and it's so expensive and it can be detrimental to your career. And there's all of these challenges around it that we don't even think about the fact that people are doing a lot of unpaid work to raise the next generation of people who will continue this country you know which is just an interesting way to think about it you know it's a lot yeah. of work it's so much work and to try to grow and nurture a real person into a adult who will be good for our society who will be a good person is so hard and that there's not really a lot of value placed on that there's like all of this value on just like reproduction having kids like Have kids, you should have kids. Like, why aren't people having kids anymore? And there's this fear over like the population size. But then we don't talk about like people who do have kids need to really be supported and given what they need to grow those children into like actually good members of our society, which we don't really do. Yeah. We just leave people on their own. A lot of the coverage of why people weren't having kids and the freak out and the media kind of freak out about this was annoying to me, but I did think it was interesting that there was a demographer who was saying, this might just be the new reality in some countries because women are making choices. And for a long time, women did not have a choice. You didn't have a choice if you were a person who could give birth, that you didn't really have much of a choice. And it's pretty recent that we had choices and that, what you're seeing is like people who are making a choice and that that's not necessarily a reason to freak out, you know, there might just be fewer women who make that choice. And I thought that was really interesting, Mm -hmm. you know, because they were talking about how it's happening in other nations that do have valid and um, strong support networks, you know, And that despite that there are still declining birth rates in those countries. And then it's just like, you know, you might make that choice. You might make that choice not to have kids. And there's just, we now have that available to us. And um, that could just be the new reality. And I thought that was really interesting to think about, you know, and people have made this argument. that's That's not to dissuade people for pushing for legislation to actually help support caregivers like we should do that regardless of what um what the impact of that would look like because we should care that the people who you know in our country are vulnerable are taken care of and that we should care about raising good members of society and taking care of the people who are trying to do that work instead of penalizing them right but I do think that it's really important that people have choices these days and to choose to not get married, to choose to not have kids. That's just, it's an incredible, it's incredible that we can do that. Even though sometimes Mm -hmm. it makes it more complicated because you're trying to chart a course that you you haven't seen it. You haven't seen it much, right? So you're not really sure what that looks like.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe the answer is that like, you know if parents had more financial and social support then being a parent might it, it yeah again it definitely will be more appealing to more people but not everybody but not to everybody and like i think it's it's good to extend the idea of a full life to people who can't have kids or don't want to or like if we just keep pushing this like one idea of a full life like this is how you're going to be taken care of like when you're older this is how you're going to like Have happiness, but like the reality Mm -hmm. is that a lot of people don't feel that way or it doesn't happen.
1: Right. And they're not getting like a big lie. Yeah, and they're not getting validated in their choices, right? And I think it is gendered. It's really gendered. And if you get you choose one way and you get a ton of social validation and you choose another way and you don't, you know? I remember seeing someone tweeted like after trying for a long time to get pregnant, they were deciding to live a child free life. Like it was not worth it to them. They were making this decision. They wanted to like announce it. And I thought that was really cool. Like people are allowed to make choices and talk about their choices. And we, we have to do what's best for us, you know? And if I had had a different life situation, like would I have had a kid? I don't know. You know, I had a person in my life who I knew would be good at it. It was not me. I did not know if I was going to be good at it. I really highly questioned my ability, but I knew that Andy would be good at it. So that ultimately was what tilted me over into the like, let's do it category versus the not is because I was like, I'm probably not going to be the stereotypical mom and you are going to be a really great parent like you are a warm person, like you are a people person, you have a great family, like you have all of these things, right? You are going to make up for a lot of the things I might not have. And if I had been with a different person, I don't know if I would have made the same decision, you know?
0: Yeah. And it would have been fine if you didn't, like, it's almost like Yes. There's this idea. I'm sure there are people who, who, that person who said like, we're going to live child free. I'm sure there are people who judged that and said that they were selfish, but I feel like we need more models of people. Like there's a way sometimes you can contribute more to your community and society as someone who doesn't have kids and who isn't home and like all the time, you know, like they, I mean, those people exist already, but yeah. Yes. Need to be celebrated.
1: That's been a thing that's been a little, um, hard for me is, you know, with everything that happened in June and the protests over George George Floyd's murder and, and all of the protesting that was happening. And it was like, honestly, I want to be out there. Yeah. But I am parenting someone all day, every day, there's no childcare, and I can't let anyone into my house. And my husband has to work to make money for us. I, I remember reading an article that was talking about Um, volunteer work. And it was like, there is a big gap in age. It's younger people and it's people who are retired. And then there's this huge gap in volunteering. And it's because that middle age group is so slammed with childcare and they don't have the space um, and the time. And it sucks. It does because you're like, everyone else is doing stuff. What am I doing? Like, what can I do? I don't have a good platform. I don't have time. I don't know if I feel I can't spend that much money, you know, and it feels you feel a little impotent um, and you think about the fact that eventually you will be able to contribute, you know, that things your time continually gets freed up and it's slow. But as your kid gets older and as, you know, schools come back and there's more, you have more flexibility that you will be able to contribute more outside of your family. Um, but it is hard. I mean, that is hard. And I think you do feel like you're kind of, you're not, you're not adding, you know, you're like, I can't, how do I add right now? What do I do? Yeah. I, you know, that's something I thought about a lot over the past year at least is just the fact that like, I didn't feel like I could really contribute like other people were. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Are you guys, you guys are one and done, right? Yeah. Did you think about that?
1: No. (laughs) And when people ask you if you want to get married, like the questions never end. The personal questions never end, right? People ask you if you're going to get married, if you're dating someone. Um, If you're, if you get married, they want to know if you're going to have a kid. If you have a kid, they're going to want to know if you had another kid. And it really doesn't stop. You know, we only have one kid. I don't think I could handle more um, mentally. I could not handle it and I know that about myself and I feel like I've I know that for sure like firmly know that um and obviously financially I think it would be really hard but that's like one of the bigger reasons why I wouldn't have another kid is I just don't think I could handle it mentally I feel like I have a ton on my plate just with one um but when people have two kids or three kids they'll be like Like I'll talk to someone I know who has two kids and they'll be like, it's really not that much more. And I'm like, how are you saying that? It's a whole nother human. Like, I don't know how that's actually possible. Um, So I do think there's a little bit of like join our club, right?
0: I definitely feel like that with people who have kids.
1: They're like join our club because then they they want you to... (laughs) Yes. Yes.
0: (laughs) They they don't want to... I think like this, I think this applies to all advice Mm -hmm. across the board is that you have to take into consideration that everyone who's giving advice all the time is in some way, I mean, maybe not everybody, maybe some people resist this, but in some ways, like justifying their own
1: experiences,
0: mythology, their own experiences. It's like where it's like, I think that, I mean, I think about this with maybe like the boomer generation, like Mm -hmm. really valuing marriage. It's like, well, yeah, that was like the whole thrust of their adult life. Like, to, yeah. to imagine that they didn't have to do that or that they might have had a different life is just, like, that's so disruptive internally. It's yeah. Like it's, or same with yeah. having kids. It's, like, to imagine that you could have had a full life without kids is, like, is is scary because you've just given so, up so much to do this. So it feel, it's, like, really threatening, I think, to imagine that, like, you don't have to have kids and you could still be happy. So I feel like a lot of people who have kids like are very pro having kids. Yes. Not, I mean, I don't mean to say they're all like lying to themselves or anything like that. I think it is joyful to have kids. Yes. But there's (laughs) also
1: sometimes a little bit of like misery loves company. Um, and a lot of stuff that's hard to talk about with people who don't have kids. And then when they do have kids, you're like, well, of course, you know about this thing, but, um, (laughs) but yeah, people use their own experiences to shape their advice. And if it works for them, they think they can give advice, it'll work for someone else. And like, that's true in a lot of areas, like I, career advice for sure. And I would not feel, I could tell people about how I moved about in my career, but is that experience helpful or valid for someone who's starting out right now? Like, I don't I know like if it is, time. you know, because the, I started my journalism career like 20 years ago um, and a lot has changed so you know the things that worked for me are not necessarily going to work for someone who's starting now and my lifestyle and and the choices I made are not applicable to everyone you know? Yeah, I mean, everybody's got different privileges, different personalities,
0: different needs. Different, different like
1: situations. I think that situations. that's the other thing. Like, we tell parents, like, just have the kid and you'll figure it out. And it's like, that's, a, that's kind of a tough thing to, to really do. You know, I mean, like, I'm not saying that's not what I did. <laughs> I, I had a kid. And then I, you know, I got a new job. And she, you know, I started at Manor Peller. She was only six months old. She wasn't sleeping through the night. Like, I don't and know you were how I was so tired, tired during that period. And I don't know how I really did all of that. Like, that was crazy. Um, but I did have to figure it out because I was like, Well, I'm not not gonna have a job, you know. Um, but it's hard. And it, it's just like a lot of this advice where it's like, well, yes, if you're a baby boomer, you're what you were birthing a child into is a lot different than what someone is now and like their anxieties and their concerns are like very valid and their life circumstances are going to be drastically different but you know i i remember listening to a podcast um like claire and erica were talking about being child free and um I think Erica was saying that people will say to her, Oh, you'd be such a good mom. And she's like, I'd be good at a lot of things. (laughs) It doesn't mean I need to do them, you know? And like people definitely, and my mom even said this to me, she'd be like, but you're going to be such a good mom. And that's like such a weird thing we do to women. Right. Like we can be good at a lot of, like I could be good at a lot of things, but it doesn't mean I want to do them, you know? Yeah. Um, just because I'm good at stuff doesn't mean I need (laughs) to do this thing. So I think that's, i I don't know i i feel like everything you have to take with a grain of salt right and i feel like it can be helpful to tell people about the challenges of it but also all of this information is out there if people really want to delve into it you know there have been a lot of women who've written about like all of the individual challenges and well it's just hard it's a hard thing because the plus side is like hard to quantify in the same way that the Downsides are are easy to quantify, right?
0: That's what I was gonna say. Is I saw like a Twitter thread that was like, "Parenthood is like getting a bad rap," like and somebody like wrote an essay about how amazing it is, and I was like, "I don't know if this is needed." Like, don't you think that's kind of understood? I kind of feel like that's almost the given. And there's like, I, this person felt like we'd gone too far in the
1: direction of yes. like, be honest about how hard it is. Well, it's a contrarian? It's it's the contrarian thing, where you're you see a lot of narratives in the media from people talking about the challenges or reporting about you know why people aren't having kids but the reality is that you know if you decide to be child free or you decide not to get married and to be child free that that even if there's like a lot of these stories about how having kids are hard like that's not necessarily the um the norm right like there's the way that we cover stories in the media is not necessarily the way that everyone's living their life in the whole country.
0: Right. Right. I mean, the conditioning goes deep. I think this, this on, on marriage too, I mean, I think, I don't know if we're the last generation that grew up feeling so fiercely that we would all get married and have kids like, or maybe that's just natural because kids grow up with parents and you, they, they're your, like they're, they're your first models. Um I mean I know a lot of children of divorce are like reticent to get married. Yes. I mean I think that's yeah. So I
1: think that's a piece of it I think too. Yeah, or people who have really hard childhoods or yes. like parent,
0: neglectful parents, like maybe don't want to have kids and things like that. Yes. So we're very like yeah, I mean we're we're molded through like our experiences as kids and most people grow up with parents and I think just kind of see themselves in that role. I always have. Right. And for the first time am sort of questioning I feel pretty unsure about everything, but um, but that's why I think it's worth talking about.
1: Yeah, and I think it's worth thinking about. I mean, making these yeah. are huge decisions. So should I get married and have kids, Leslie? Um, look, <laughs> I think I think these are these are decisions that I'm not going to tell you what to do. Right?
0: I don't really feel tortured by the question, but to yeah. Be, to be clear,
1: yeah. Currently, I, I do understand. think that, and I didn't say this about having kids because I was like. It's really like, I and I for me, it is really easy to talk about the hard stuff. I do think there's like some interesting, positive things about having kids that I don't hear people talking about a lot. And the first is kind of what we were talking about with community is you do feel much more connected to family and um, to your community and you need that. And I think that's interesting. Um, And the other thing is it really does at least for me, but I th- I, I've i heard from other people, change your brain. And I have a lot more, um, I would say I, it, it makes me um, feel differently towards people and especially towards other people's kids. And I wonder if it's like some sort of biological survival <laughs> mechanism. Um, because where I might've felt ambivalent towards other people's kids, like I actually don't feel that way anymore. Like I feel a lot more, um, care towards other people's kids. And I do think it changes it. And I know it's been, it like they have studied it. It does change your brain, which is so fascinating. Um, it basically unlocks like a new level of your brain, which I think has been a positive thing for me because I don't know if I had that much patience or empathy before. I don't know if that's a reason to have kids, but I think it's an interesting, interesting thing. um, Yeah, totally. That like I didn't know about, but I would never tell you what to do. No, 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 no. I wouldn't tell you what to do. And I think that whatever choice you make, people should respect it. And it shouldn't be like, oh, I told you so. Like I told you, you'd get married or like. I told you, you'd end up, you know, getting married and having kids. Like these are huge, huge things to decide.
0: Yeah. I mean, my primary goal is to, with any decision in life, is to just feel like I really understand why I'm making it. And this isn't to say that like, I want to overthink every decision. I think that like, that's also kind of a boring life, but obviously it was like really big choices. I just want to have a sense of, I don't want to go into things blindly or feel I don't want to feel so driven by my conditioning. And I think that there's, like... I think also on a societal level, not just individually, there's, like, a lot to be gained by, like, questioning, like, why we want things. Like, I was reading it. Like, like you know, false consciousness stuff. Or, like, the fact that, like, like studies show that, like, we want things that other people want. Like, mm-hmm. so sometimes it's, like, something that does feel like a personal desire is actually, like, very culturally defined. Yes. And sometimes those those cultural currents are really, like harmful. And so I think it's always going to be more than just like, well, look inside myself and what do I want? Cause I think that there's just so much to unpack with that. So I'm really getting a lot out of just like reading about it and talking to people like you who've like, you're, you're able to like talk about it really soberly and sort of, I appreciate that. <laughs> not, not, no offense to other parents, but I think it's really hard sometimes to see outside of like the choice you've made.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. And to think that it was the right choice for everyone. Yeah. Or that everyone should do it. It's so weird. Like, that's crazy. I think it's survival.
0: I think it's survival on some level to be like, this is a good choice. Like, I'm happy with it, you know? And I think uh, that's not to say a lot of people don't really genuinely believe that and,
1: like, Yeah.
0: And everything. I think it happens on both sides. Everybody's equally delusional in their own little way.
1: Yes. I read that essay that you are mentioning, and I was like, I don't understand the fuss. Like, she had a good experience. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, great, good, good for you. <laughs> like you had a good experience. <laughs> like, yeah, okay. You know, I mean, I think everybody's experience is complicated. Um, I don't think you can flatten it out. I mean, that's the thing. The other part of that regret conversation is people are like, regret's like a really blunt word for that, where you can mourn your childless self and also love parts of your new life and love your kid, you know? Um, it's, it's not really a binary necessarily. Um, but if you, but you know, do I think that everyone should have be a parent? Like, no, no, <laughs> no, right? Like why? Why? Would, it's just so weird.
0: I mean, yeah, we haven't even gotten into like climate stuff, which is right. Although I don't, I don't really subscribe to the, like, it's your like responsibility to not have children for the climate That's not personally my belief
1: but it's less about i mean i would say climate anxiety it's less about that the personal responsibility which i agree with you i think we've spent so much time trying to like convolutedly come up with like personal solutions to like very complex problems that are larger than one single person and like need to be solved with legislation and like real change right But there is, like, a fear level, especially going through the pandemic, of, like, what is this person going to encounter in their life? Like, they did not ask to be born. Like, what will happen to them? How will I... How will I take care of them? How will I make sure they're okay? And you can't. And like, and life is not. Life is so hard. Like, not even it is. Not even th- talking about the climate. Like, it's so yes.
0: hard. You're bringing somebody into this experience that, like, for a lot of people, is harder than it is joyful. Like, right? Because of how fucked up the world is. Like, you're bringing you're bringing joy into the world, and you're also bringing a lot of pain. Like, it's a yes. very complex decision. It's not just like do I want to like push a stroller on my neighborhood or do I want to like go party? It's like, no, this is huge.
1: And when you do not have kids, you worry a lot about, you know, you can worry about yourself. You can worry about your family, but you don't feel the responsibility level necessarily. And when you have a kid, you're never going to not have fear of something happening to them. And it does affect like, how you live your life. Right. And, and so even, you know, you want to go on a vacation. It's like, you don't have that carefree vacation because you're like, how is my kid doing? And it yeah. does, it's a thing, you know, I can't imagine like you have a kid that's driving a car. Like you're worried about them getting in a car accident. Like you have a kid that's out in the world. You're worried about something else. Like that is a, something that doesn't go away, you know? So, um, it is a long-term commitment to a human that you have never met.
0: <laughs> and some people this is another taboo topic I know we need to wrap up but like another taboo topic is people who like don't like their kids
1: right I mean this is the thing I was pleasantly surprised by like I again like I will talk to the ends of the earth about how hard it is but it's amazing that she is such her own individual and she is, does not have my personality she's incredibly outgoing she's in, she loves humans she loves people And watching it is, like, so interesting to me because you're like, I don't know where any of this came from. Um, And by a very early age, they are their own person. And so I think that's, like, I, you know, I am always surprised by and, like, impressed by her because at the age of five, she has more social skills than I do at the age of 40. (laughs) <laughs> like, I am like, how is this possible? Like, it's astounding. So I think there's like, and there's all these little things, like not to like end it on only positive, but like I'm <laughs> listening to like the music of my youth, like n- for nostalgia purposes. Like it's been like a comfort blanket for me. And I'm like, I really want to introduce her to like this music. And she loves music. And it's like so cool. Like she loves Billie Eilish. And I'm like, <laughs> well, wow. like she's so, so musical and I'm like, I can't wait to play this album for you. Like, I can't wait for you to have that experience. Like, I think that's a piece of it. Like parents talk about that. Like the experiences they've had that are positive and they're like, I wanna give this to my kid. Like, I want my kid to see the ocean. Like, I want my kid to feel, you know, I it's sleeting outside, like, isn't that cool? Like there's all this stuff where you get to see someone like have cool experiences for the first time or like love music for the first time. And you're like, that's amazing. Like, I don't remember the, I don't have memories of these things. Like, my memory is terrible, but like, those are things that are cool because you're watching someone who's like a really cool individual have experiences. And you get to like
0: re experience the world in a way too, right? Like, yeah, yeah, you do.
1: There are things like that where you're like, this is amazing. Um,
0: And it's also amazing if you don't have that to like continue to broaden. Yes, your, your horizon. Exposure versus like revisiting your. Like, I think that like for both sure. Are interesting. Yes. Yeah.
1: And I, she's yeah. not old enough to be introducing me to things, but I'm sure that she will when I'm older. And I think there's a lot of value in that because I don't want to ever get stuck. Um, but I, the other one quick thing I'll say is like the other thing I was surprised by is how cool it is to see her with her grandparents. Um, and that she has a relationship with like my parents that I didn't have. And my parents are different with her than they were with me, obviously. And there's something that's cool about that. And it's like that, and not everyone has that relationship with their parents and, but generationally that, that can be cool to see. And you can see like your dad is different with your grandkid. I mean, with your kid than like he was with you, you know? Um, so you see a different side of your parents, which is also interesting And I didn't think about, you know?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And that was cool.
0: So everybody out there have kids.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's something, these are some of the things that are positives. But again, it's like, you can't measure that. Like, you can't measure. No, and we
0: need to, the point isn't to shit on the the experience of having kids, but to also, like, celebrate narratives or how interesting life can be without them. Yes. It's always just about broadening the narrative.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've thought a lot about what my life would be like in the past year if I didn't have a kid. You know, I, it's been a very, I think we've, the idea going into the pandemic was we're all having a communal experience. I really don't think that's the case. Um, We've all had very different experiences and it's really, you know, one of those things where you think about it a lot when you're, you're the like one and only person in a four year old's life for six months straight. You're like, I'm like, what is this?
0: This is crazy. Why
1: are we doing this?
0: It also feels like it would just be maddening to like always have to be like in the kid's world. It's like, yeah. you know, having to talk about things they're interested in. And it's just like, you don't get to be an adult and like have adult interests.
1: That was very bad. I think it's bad for everyone. <laughs> I think it's bad for the adult. I think it's bad for the kid. Kids need to socialize with other kids. Like that's how they learn to be people. And they can't learn that way with you. It's not, I don't think it, I I don't think that's what like our species was meant to do. Like we weren't meant to live like that, you know? No. But that phase is passing. It's passing. Right? (laughs) Like.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Fingers are crossed for those listening. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you so much, Leslie, for lending your perspective I feel richer for the conversation.
1: I love talking to you. I love seeing you. Me too. I miss being around people. And (laughs) I do miss being around a lot of younger people in an office. I miss that. Although at my last job, I constantly worried that I was going to get a call from HR being like, why are you saying these things to the young women on your staff?
0: (laughs) My favorite (laughs) was when people would be like, how can I break into the industry? And you'd just be like, don't. (laughs) That's, like, what I associate with you. It's just, like – because I was such a, like, plucky – I was, like, so enthusiastic about everything. I felt like I was living my dream that for you to just be, like, don't do it to younger I people, remember, I remember. Like,
1: oh. Yes. I remember talking to some journalism students, and I was, like – and I was, like, I wish I had been a dentist. Like, people always will need <laughs> yeah. their teeth to be cleaned. Like, that's a ver- – that's, like, a – it's almost – it's, like, a trade. It's, like, essential – we don't really think about that when we think about journalism in the same way. And the career path is so challenging. But yeah, I, I love talking to people who are in a different phase of life than me. And I don't wanna scare them off, but I do think people need to be honest. And I'm always surprised by the stuff people don't know. I mean, it's surprising to me. I, we don't teach women a lot of things that happen to them. <laughs> you know, we don't. Yeah. For whatever reason. I know.
0: I really want more like intergenerational friendships. I think it's like so important. I think d- lower or sorry, younger and older. Yeah. You can get really myopic in your own. You get really like mired and caught up with like people your age's issues and problems. And it's like really refreshing to see outside of them. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me know if you're ever back in New York. I'm, I, you know, I'm not sure if I'll find myself in Baltimore, but. You, you probably, probably know.
1: won't. Um, But if you ever do, I will send you all the things that are fun to do.
0: You're not going to take me? <laughs>
1: <laughs> You'll just be like, hey, like, well, I don't want to assume bye. that you want to spend time with me. I, but yes, I would definitely. Of course, I want to spend time with you. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And I want to see Frankie. Like, I haven't seen her since she was, what, like three?
1: I'll send you some pictures. It's crazy. Perfect. Can't wait.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much for giving me so much of your time. It was truly a treat. Thank you for having me.
1: It's so great to talk to you.
0: It was so, so great to talk to you. (laughs) And I'll talk to you soon, I'm sure. Okay. Have a nice day, Leslie. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. There were a lot of articles mentioned in this episode, so as always, I've linked them all in the email I sent out. And I hope you got something out of this conversation. If you want to weigh in, you're always free to reply to my emails or, you know, post on social or something. I'm always engaging with people there. So um, feel free to join if you're so inclined. And if not, either way, just thank you for listening. And I will see you next week. Bye.